what we do here is go back, 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 back. You are listening to the It's Not About You podcast. I am Felicia Baird, and I will be chatting with social entrepreneurs and other inspirational people around the world about all things lifestyle, business, and how they're giving back to the communities around them all at the same time. I hope you guys are all buckled in, and let's do this. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the It's Not About You podcast this week. We have an amazing guest. You're going to love her. I would just like to apologize up front if you hear any walking sounds or drinking sounds by my dog. I keep trying to get him to chill out and sit down, but he won't. So hopefully that's not impacting the audio too much. I just want to thank you all for subscribing and reviewing to my podcast on iTunes and it's also on Spotify. So I hope you guys are checking it out on all of the different venues. And if you haven't rated and reviewed it yet, I would love it if you could do that. The more reviews we get, the higher up the charts we go. So I would love that. And also don't forget to hit me up on my socials at by Felicia Baird, B-Y-F-E-L-I-C-I-A-B-A-I-R-D and my Facebook group. It's not about you podcast by Felicia Baird. Okay. Today's guest is pretty cool. She has motivated me and inspired me to get up off my butt and like put a little bit more work into my business. Her name is Jenny Gaither and she is the founder of Movement, Move M-E-A-N-T, like meant to move. She was a dream to talk to. She's a go-getter. She had a vision and a soul cycle class. And we have all been in a soul cycle class or anything compared to it where the lights are off and you are in the zone and you are killing it and you feel so empowered that you feel like you could take on anything. And that's how she felt, but she actually acted on it. And she had a mission to make every single woman feel like that too. Of all ages, of all body types, she is a body positive woman. So after years of struggling with her own unrealistic body standards that led to anorexia, bulimia, she was inspired to create something bigger than herself. So not only did she create Movement, which is a nonprofit organization to help empower women to feel confident in their own bodies, no matter what they look like and knowing that they're beautiful no matter what. She also runs a bunch of different charity events, ride events. She is a soul cycle instructor in New York now. You should check her out. She's just moving from San Francisco. She also goes around to middle schools and she has a body positive curriculum, which is my favorite part because I feel pretty passionate about teaching this stuff at a pretty young age. She organizes different type of events for girls in middle school and they can bond, they can share, and they can just kind of have their own space to veg out and get to know their bodies a little bit better in terms of movement. Jenny's just killing it. And I think you're really going to love everything about her. So I will stop talking now and we will get to the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks so much for tuning in again. Have a wonderful day. Hello. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good. Can you see me? No, no. I usually just do the the audio. Perfect. Okay, good. <laughs> I haven't showered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. <laughs> How's your day going? Oh, man. It's good. I'm so overwhelmed because I'm, I'm moving back to New York end of June, and I just... It's just like so many moving pieces mm -hmm. right now. So 
Yeah. I, I think, noticed that you were in San Francisco. I thought you were in New York. How long have you been there? Five years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why are you moving back to New York, if you don't mind me asking? Um, that's a good question. I um, I feel really like I thought San Francisco would be home, but it's definitely not home. Yeah. Or it's not home right now. It just doesn't feel like the right place. And I want to be around a lot more energy when it comes to health and wellness. Um pretty stagnant here just like a different mentality than I prefer Mm -hmm. so yeah just you know I'm 30 single I've nothing like keeping me here and I really want to be back in New York so I just decided to do it no worries I'm excited and I'm like really excited so yeah um so tell me about movement because I was hooked the minute I saw the page Um, yeah, so Movement Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that uses sports fitness as a tool to help women build self-worth and confidence. And the whole intention behind our organization is to provide women with a platform, a community, tools, resources, funding to build a sustainable, healthy lifestyle for themselves and to let them decide what that looks like because everybody is meant to move. And that's, that's our manifesto and everybody is meant to move differently as well. So we give women the means to be able to explore what that looks like and figure out what, you know, what they're passionate about. Mm Mm-hmm. And what made you feel compelled to begin this movement? Uh, Ever since I was a little kid, I've always loved um, dancing. I love music. So I just remember always just dancing around in my house growing up. Um, And I'm honestly the most uncoordinated human being you've ever met (laughs) when it comes to team sports. If you threw a basketball, it would probably just hit me in the face. Um, I just, I honestly like team sports just did not work out for me. It was on the sidelines. I was super unhappy. But when I, my parents put me in basketball, I was literally dancing across the the court and they're like, huh, I think she's meant to be a dancer. Uh, and it was true. I've, I've just always loved movement and I, I've always used dance as a way to kind of express myself and really kind of shed stress just anything sort of emotional, my body was sort of the vehicle to do that. And my entire life, I feel like I leaned on dance during the most important and the most tough times. Um, I graduated at the University of Illinois as a dance major with a BFA, moved to New York to pursue dance as a professional career. Um, And around that time, dance had become something totally different. I became so fixated on what I looked like instead of what it felt like to be a dancer. And I was always told growing up that, you know, it wasn't the right look. We were judged at dance competitions, not just for our athletic ability, ability, but also our image. And I mean, truly we had to submit headshots Mm -hmm. with peace. Um, So I think over time that just wore on me without me truly realizing it. And so I just couldn't think about 
dance without thinking about a number on a scale. And I was never going to be good enough unless I was X amount of pounds, unless I lost X amount of weight. And so I moved to New York city and totally burnt out. I decided, you know what? I I love health and wellness and fitness. I'm just going to explore that for a while, take a break from dance. Um, and during that time, I had also been teaching Pilates as a part-time job and I was a personal trainer as well. So I've always just loved fitness, but I found soul cycle and it was the first time, uh, on a stationary bike that, you know, Beyonce was playing (laughs) the out candles were lit. I was not fixated on what I looked like at all. And I was kind of reverted back to when I was a little kid dancing for the first time. And it was very much about like how powerful I felt in my body and strong, at one point in my life became something super negative. And in that moment on the bike, it was like, Oh my gosh, I am, I am incredibly strong. And that's actually something I really, really love about myself. And I left that class and I was like, if I could just give every woman and girl that opportunity, that hill, that sprint to kind of to kind of undo all of the images and the pressures that we feel from society every day and to remind ourselves that we're so much more than a body, like this world would be a better place and women would be rising more often and women would be less than 6% um, of, or more than 6% of our CEOs and C-suite jobs. Um, I just found that there's a huge correlation between how powerful we feel during athletics Um, And how that power and that confidence is very much reflected in our everyday life and the everyday decisions that we have to make. And I had been dealing with body image issues, like I said, and I was actually dealing with eating disorders. That's how bad my insecurities had gotten. And um, I found that fitness was actually the way to heal me. Uh, And I, I, as I was healing myself, I was having conversations with women in all parts of my life, professionally and personally, and found that a lot of women deal with body image issues and a lot of women feel insecure. And a lot of women feel like they are not enough just based on what they look like. Mm-hmm. And I found like there's a, you know, a big hole, a gaping hole um, here. And no one was really talking about it. This was back in 2012. Dove was the first brand that was actually starting the movement of saying like, we're going to put curvy women on this ad. How do you feel about that? And that was really the only thing that was going on. But outside of that, there wasn't any support or conversation that we have now that's starting to build as a society. Um, so I decided, you know, if, if, if community and sweat is helping me build my self-worth, I want to give that to other women. So I decided to start a nonprofit after I dealt with my own insecurities. Mm-hmm. I love that. I remember the first time that I went to a soul cycle class, I had just been taking like the spin classes at good life. And then when I stepped into soul cycle and the lights went out at first, I was like, this is really weird. But then like the energy that you get when you're just in the zone and you realize that no one is looking at you, it really is such an empowerful, uh, empowerful, empowering, like strong feeling. Uh-huh. It was the best. Yeah. Yeah. So what, how did you, how did you go about starting this? What were the first steps that you took? So we have this event called We Dare to Bear. And this event is 
actually the country's largest body positive fitness festival. And I'm bringing this up because the event started before the nonprofit. So like I said, I was dealing with my own insecurities and wanted to help other women, but there comes a point where you're like, okay, like I need to be able to fix myself and help myself first. And my biggest insecurity has always been my, what I call belly jelly, hashtag belly jelly. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) I got belly jelly. (laughs) You know, just, I, I've just never been that gal that prances around in a sports bra, not saying that I don't want to be her. And I look at other women at the gym and then group fitness classes. And I'm like, damn, that girl looks good. I wish I could just like rock a sports bra. So one of my challenges for myself during this time of self-reflection is, okay, what if you did do that? What if you taught, because right you know, I taught, at Soul Cycle, a few months after I took my first class, I auditioned, I became an instructor. And I said, you know, what if I taught a Soul Cycle class in a sports bra? And that was like a huge fear for me. So I set it as a personal challenge to overcome that. And essentially, I hosted a Rihanna themed Soul Cycle ride and wore a gold lemon jacket, was decked out in Rihanna like glitz and glam, and never took my jacket off. And at one point, thought I was going to pass out. I was overheating so much. But I was like, I'm not taking this jacket off. It's just not happening. And so it was very much an awakening moment of, okay, this insecurity is getting in the way of your life. Mm-hmm. It's time to do something about this. And I couldn't do it alone. And I think that's, you know, was the big next step in into creating this organization and and the event was the piece of community. I realized, okay, well. Yeah, facing a challenge on your own is very intimidating. But when you have an army of women behind you doing it with you, then it's doable. So I decided, you know, what if I created an event at the end of the summer where I invited everyone in my class to wear sports bras with me? And so I did just that. And at the end of the summer, I took my jacket off. I rode in a sports bra. Nothing bad happened to me. I actually have never felt more powerful in my life. No one in the room said anything but encouraging, moving words. Women were crying after class. They were opening up about all the you know, pressure they feel, the insecurities, the eating disorders that they had dealt with. And it just became this amazing, open, free space where people felt like they could share. And that's when I was like, this is it. This is what I want to bottle up and package and spread to the world. So I did. So I started thinking about how I could create that event on a much larger scale. And then I said, well, if I'm going to go through all the work of hosting this event, I want to give back. I want to raise money. I want people to be participating to give back to a bigger message. And I did all this research. And at that time, there wasn't really an organization that I felt was in alignment with my goal and with my vision. And so that's when I said, okay, if I want to really give back, if I really want to make change, then I'm going to have to do that myself and I'm going to start a nonprofit and I'm going to use fitness as a tool to empower women and give them self-worth and be body positive. And that nonprofit is going to get its funding from this sports bra challenge, this we dare to bear idea where we host festivals throughout the country. We're hosting four this year and the message of the day is self-acceptance and, cel- and celebrating bodies of all shapes, of all sizes, of all ages. 
and all proceeds from those festivals go back to the organization. And the organization then uses those proceeds to create real substantial impact that's preventative. So we go into middle schools that are at risk, low income, and we give them a curriculum that's twice a week during lunchtime for girls who are being bullied, our bullies are getting kicked out of school, they're not participating, they're failing out of academics, they don't have accountability yet. They don't have accountability to the world or to themselves because they, you know, they haven't had the proper structure at home or, you know, there's a million reasons that go into it, but it gives them a place of belonging. And then we provide them with education and tools and resources around health and wellness. They move together, they dance together. And then at the end of their curriculum, they perform. So our organization really tries to not just focus on adults, but we also cater to basically all, all women at some point. And, and I think our events right now really cater towards you know, women 18 to almost 70. And then all the proceeds from that go back to our low income middle school programs, as well as our individual scholarship program. So if we're not in middle schools, we're also, we have a grant on our website and it's called She Plays, She Wins. And we partner with this amazing, incredible photographer. Her name's Christine Rose. And if you look her up on Instagram, she has a bajillion followers, um, but her specialty is photographing young girls who excel at a sport. And so you see all these really like badass, like seven-year-old girls, like killing it on a half pipe. Um, and we were like, well, what if we partner with her, with these girls that actually have never moved before? You know, their dream is to stand up on a surfboard, stand up on a surfboard for the first time or take a boxing class for the first time. So Christine will capture that moment of like intense fear, but intense excitement and empowerment where they're, they're making it happen for the first time. And then they get to keep those photographs forever and those memories forever of how they felt. And we provide them with a year-long um, scholarship that lets them sustain that activity. Girls, so they come to you and they said they want to take a class, um, whatever class that is. Is this usually, are these usually girls that are at your school or at your program? Yeah, both. So we have a, we have a application on our website and I would say 90% of the girls um, apply through that application on our website. And these are girls from all over the world. Um, we've impacted over a hundred girls now, uh, with this scholarship. And yeah, a lot of them have found out about our scholarship because they've participated in our curriculum and, or have participated in one of our events. Um, but there's also a pretty wide net of, uh, girls that, you know, I've never even have come in contact with personally just over the phone, um, which is pretty amazing. So when you started this and you started reaching out to like-minded people to see if they'd partner with you, how did that feel to like have just to see this kind of all come together from a thought to an actual motion? How did that feel? Well, so other than amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt okay. <laughs> so overwhelming in like the best way. I think, you know, it's, it's important 
to push ourselves and, and, you know, people that saying it's like, sounds so cliche and cheesy sometimes, but you know, the things that really do scare you, it's kind of the right path. You know, you're onto something good. Um, and, and with that comes a lot of personal growth and transformation. Um, and with this, I, I really wasn't thinking my vision was very small. I never saw large scale festivals happening multiple times throughout the year. I never saw hundreds of thousands of women being impacted by my vision. I just wanted to make a difference. Even if that was one, one person, even if that was just me, even if that was like all I could manage. Um, but what's really profound about that is that when we do things for the right reason, um, like none of it was about like success or fame or, you know, money or anything like that recognition. It was just to make change in somebody and to help in some capacity. And when that's so genuine and real and the story is so relatable, it just blows up. You know, people, it, I didn't really even have to look people just came to me because it was such a need, you know, women just needed support so badly and still do. Um, but what's so cool is there's just so much more out there now. Um, and there's so many other organizations and people making change and it's wonderful. And I feel like we're riding this amazing female empowerment wave right now. And I just hope it just keeps growing and growing, but yeah, at times it's like very overwhelming. So I'm like, can I manage this? Can I do this? And it's just like putting one foot in front of the other and, and just taking it all in and, and really reflecting back on where I started is super important because I never thought I'd be here now. You know, I think when we always look at how far we have to go and climbing up a mountain, um, we forget to look down and back and see how far we've come. So I think that really grounds me. I agree. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, did it take off at first the way you thought it would? Uh, more than <laughs> that's great. Yeah. 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 Um, I like right away, we had some really incredible brands aligned with us. And this year we're working with sweaty Betty for the second year in a row as our exclusive apparel partner on our leader, their festivals. Um, we're working with Splenda and just amazing, incredible partners. And, it really takes a village. It really takes every single person, even if it's so all of our proceeds that go to impact are, are generated through these events. And it really, it's, it's heavily relied on peer to peer fundraising. So everyone that's signing up for We Dare to Bear is making a commitment and, and their commitment is they have to raise $350 to $2,000 and that's a huge commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've done something like cycle for survival, you understand that commitment and the amount of work and energy that goes into that, you know, and it's, it's those people that are making this thing happen every single day and, and keeping the organization alive. So it's just so cool to see people believe in each other and believe in themselves and the overall message of the organization and, and that will forever carry it and keep it growing. How many people are on your team? Um, we're very tiny, <laughs> but mighty. 
We just hired our brand new executive director, which I'm so excited about. Her name's Joanna Sylvester. We call her Joe. And she um, wore a few hats at Girls on the Run, which is a, you know, a very similar organization to ours in terms of mission and message. And she was in charge of um, events and impact programming and 5k races. And she was there for over four years. So she's heading the ship now and I'm turning everything over to her as we speak. And then we have five people on our board of directors. We have an advisory board and we have a young professionals board. So the the people executing day to day is really three people, three to four people. And then everyone else is, is volunteer based. What's one of your favorite memories that you've created at all of your events? All of our events. <laughs> <laughs> so what's really fun is we, so our, our middle school curriculum girls, they, over 48 weeks, they um, learn a dance and then they perform it at our events. That's the big like end party of the curriculum is they get to, perform in front of thousands of people and invite all of their family and friends and show everyone all the things that they've learned. Um, and I'll never forget our pilot program was at Aptos middle school, which is based in San Francisco and the vice principal at the time, this was um, two years ago now, uh, reached out to us and said, you know, I know you're getting this curriculum off the ground. I'm desperate. These girls are, failing out of PE, not participating in classes. They are bullying up against each other. It doesn't feel safe on the basketball courts at lunch. They need direction. They need focus. They need to be brought together to realize that they have a lot more in common than they think. So we go into this middle school and it's our pilot program. And I show up first day and the girls didn't want to have anything to do with me or the teacher that I had hired to be there. Um, it was a very hostile environment. A lot of them left in the middle of my speech kind of like, Oh my gosh, like maybe I can't, maybe I, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I don't know. Like what am I going to do to like win these girls over? And my, uh, facilitator, the instructor that I hired, You know, I just said, you know, keep showing up, keep doing your best, keep trying to hold them accountable, keep having conversations where they talk about the things that they're dealing with in everyday life, the the pressures around body image, academics, um, you know, just being a woman in the world, all the pressures that we feel every single day, keep opening up a safe space for those conversations to let them let it out. Um, And over time, over one course, by the end of it, the girls who started out literally as enemies called each other's sisters. And they came up with this hashtag called the Aptos Girl Squad. And I came in the last session and I literally like was holding back tears because they were so tight and they were having so much fun and there was such positive energy in the room. They were having such great conversations and being so supportive of one another. And I was like, Oh my God, it worked. It works. Mm -hmm. It works. Um, and then, you know, the chair on top was watching them perform at our event and watching their parents watch them perform. And it's just, 
and to then have real conversations with them about their own transformation was just, it's what keeps me doing what I'm doing. And to hear from them firsthand, how confident they feel in themselves, how, how doing this life alone is so much harder and how we, when we elevate each other and we support each other, when we give enough space for everyone to be successful, that's actually that's actually something that can exist. So that that's still like it it's it's I still feel it. Like I still can feel that day of watching them perform at We Dare to Bear and how how moving that was. Yeah, that would feel amazing. That would be such a great feeling. What was your thought when you like, was your idea always to move it into middle schools and, and preach about body confidence and loving every aspect of you to the younger generation? Or was that something that just kind of came with the growth of your nonprofit? I think earlier on, I knew I wanted to do some sort of preventative impact. And I think that middle school was a really nice sweet spot because when you're in elementary school, from my own personal experience, you don't really know enough about yourself yet. And in middle school, it's such a fragile time where you're starting to like really build an identity around yourself. And there, you know, you're, it's a big transition period. Whereas I think in high school, you're pretty solidified in who you think you are. So I think you're way more malleable at middle school. So I, I wanted I always knew I wanted to help girls build a stronger sense of self. And I find that middle school is kind of that sweet area where girls aren't too resistant to information and too resistant to being coached um, and are more open to hearing a different way of thinking and a different way of seeing themselves. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's a great age to catch them because I just think that social media is like such like plays such a huge part in in body confidence and just being able to just compare yourself so easily to someone. I think it's great that you caught them at that age and that you're making a difference because I'm passionate about that area. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, now we're thinking like the evolution of it is going to be a high school um curriculum. And once you graduate middle school and you're in the high school program, you get to mentor the middle school because these girls, regardless of what age you are, they are getting so much information all of the time from social media, from the internet advertisements. They're being bombarded with information all the time. It's super hard as an adult to remember who I am sometimes and not base my worth on what I think I should be doing <laughs> or so true. Should, be, should or should not be doing, or I'm not doing enough because X, Y, and Z is out again on another traveling trip and is like eating all the most amazing foods in the world. And I'm not doing that. You know, it's like the comparison game. So to really create an environment where they feel like they're being extra supportive, I think is where you're also being, you win the most when you're also being a teacher. So I think that next evolution of it would be for the girls to graduate, go into high school and then to be a mentor to the next middle school girl to, to learn 
by sharing and actually be teaching what they've learned. Yeah, I agree. And so what's your support system like when you had first dove right into this? Um, What did they think? Yeah. Like what was, what was their first initial reaction? They were just beyond supportive from the beginning. They were just like, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think now it's kind of like, yeah, you would, you would go out and you would start a nonprofit. You would create another event. You would do this. Why wouldn't you? I think I have such a strong community of friends um, where that we just expect the best from each other and, and not in like a unrealistic way where we have unrealistic standards or pressures on each other, but we just see the best in one another. And, and I think they see the best in me and always have. And so when I, you know, I literally remember the day I came home from class and I walked into my apartment. I had, I lived with four people at the time, my four best friends from college. And we lived in like a tiny apartment in Williamsburg. And I walked in, I was like, everyone sit down family meeting. I have this idea. This is what I'm doing. And they were all like, yes, let's do it. This is great. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my dog is drinking a lot of water right now and walking around. So sorry about that. But, um, when you had first started out on this venture, you had mentioned that you had to fix yourself first um, before you could take on something like this. What would you say to someone that in their heart knows that they want to start something big, but they haven't brought themselves to do it yet because they're afraid? They're afraid. I mean, I'm still afraid. I don't think fear... I think fear will always exist, especially when you're pursuing something that is super meaningful to you. So again, like if you feel that fear, you're probably onto something really incredible. Um, it's just learning to not let that fear paralyze you and inhibit you from growing and moving forward. So I highly suggest pep talks from, you know, your support system, you, you got to use your ammo, right? You, you, we all have everything that we need. And I think that was the biggest, most pivotal moment in my life was that aha moment of thinking in my head, if I had everything that I needed to create whatever I wanted, what would I create? And then when I realized what I wanted to create, I realized that I also, <laughs> I also had everything I needed. So we have everyone has a wealth of information at their fingertips, right? The the world wide web is like the greatest resource of all time. And, um, we have, hopefully we have support systems and networks of people that you just never know what they could add or provide in terms of information. And so when first starting out, like think very small and think, you know, I think the best thing you can do is just start talking about your vision and just start talking about it to everybody. Like talk yourself to, to the wall, essentially to just get clearer and clearer and clearer on what the vision actually is. And the more you talk about it, the more you realize that things are already starting to fall in place because the people that you're talking to know so-and-so and they know so-and-so who can get you this and that and this and the other thing. 
Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you have literally all the equipment to create what it is that you wanted to begin with, or it's already in formation. Um, so I, I think that we get ahead of ourselves in thinking that we have to get from A to Z and we're not even trying to get from, and we got to forget, like we got to get to A to B, A to B first. And, and just getting clear on what it is that we want to achieve is I think the first step. And having that end goal in sight and kind of working backwards is a really helpful tool. Um, and, you know, for me, it was, things just started evolving as I was going and it really, I just wanted to help myself first. And so if you think of, you know, how many people you really can impact with one idea, um, you might surprise yourself um, and find that a lot more people need have a need for what you can offer, which is most likely true. If you need it, they most likely need it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're a super inspiring woman, Jennifer. <laughs> I feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I really, really appreciate you being on the podcast. I know that you are super busy, but like your words have definitely put a fire under my butt. I'm sure they're going to do so much more for others too. Yeah, this was an honor. I'm, I'm very grateful that I got to speak with you. This was fun. This was fun. Well, enjoy your um, move back to New York. Thank you. And I do plan on visiting New York this summer, so I'm going to holler at you. Yeah, for sure. You should definitely look up my soul cycle schedule too. Oh, that's such a good idea. I'm totally going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye.